All right, welcome to the Euphrates uh, Network podcast. I'm here with my friend O'Neill, and we're just going to hear a little bit about his story. He's um, he's a PhD student here at Penn State from the Ivory Coast, and just has a really interesting testimony. God's using him in really powerful ways. So we're just hoping that his his story and some of his insights would would bless you. Um, this conversation would bless you. So O'Neill, I actually don't know what's your what's your last name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> My last name is Busim. Busim. Okay. Yes. Busim. Busim. Mm-hmm. Busim. Okay. Cool. So yeah, O'Neill, I just want to ask you a little bit for just kind of a a summary of your life up to the point where you know you really got born again and gave your mm-hmm. life to Jesus. Okay. Um, so when I was like seven, six, seven. My parents got saved, but at that moment I was living. I was still living with my grandmother because the the my mother was traveling a lot. So when they got saved, when I was seven, a year after that I started living with them, and uh, starting going to church together. And I remember like around nine. I started reading the Bible. I was very curious about, about this book, and I read like the first five books of the Bible, like in a few days. I was so curious about like everything people were doing when we were going to church, jumping, dancing, praying. I couldn't understand why people were praying because you are just talking to someone you don't see. And uh, after that, growing up, I mean, I was just going to church to not make my parents angry, but. Uh, if you had, if I had the opportunity, like I could, I wouldn't have gone to, there also. So it was uh, by constraint. I had to follow. I had to follow them. And uh, I was dreaming the day where I could have my freedom and I don't need to go to that boring place. And uh, they were also doing some morning prayers at home. I didn't like that. I really hated prayer. I remember praying was like the the, the least thing I could do. So when I was child, my, my, my childhood was not so complicated up to the point when I went to high school. Now I start like having, I started having friends who were doing rap, who were doing that together. And at that moment I didn't know, but I started developing some kind of resentment against my parents. And after when I got to know Jesus, I knew that it was demonic spirit doing that. There are demonic spirit in, in rap. That, uh, that create like a spirit of rebellion, of independence. You don't want to be controlled by anyone. So I started having that. I started like watching porn. With was going to, uh, in my country, we don't have, at that time, we don't, didn't have internet as we have now. You have to go to a specific place where you get that. So going there, watching porn with my friend. And uh, I was a bit scared to masturbate. So I didn't try, but I was watching a lot of porn with my friend. I was lying a lot, lying, stealing things. And when people ask me, it always not me who took the thing. Lying and I was, sometimes even, I was even convic- convinced by my lies. That was so crazy. I was lying for everything. I remember sometime at school, they may ask to, to pay for something. But when I share about that, I always give more, like if for example, let's say 
at school they ask to pay for something that costs like five dollars i go to my mom and i say it's like ten dollars so that i can have more, more money and uh, beside all that i was full of fear i was scared of being afraid being alone in the darkness i was so scared of being alone full of death full of a fear of dying i was having nightmares almost every night people like chasing me i was sick like I, I get sick i recover i get sick again i recover i get sick again it was like an endless cycle i was full of like at, at that moment maybe it was depression but i, I didn't put that word and uh, i had no hope for life like i was just living like that i, I was like why am i even living there is no purpose to this life is and when I was seeing people like loving God, I was so amazed how can they can love God, a God they don't see, how can someone be so on fire for, for Jesus? For me, it was like a decision from God. He chooses people that to, give, to whom he gives that and some other people he doesn't give that. So I made up my mind that, okay, let's just live life and let's see what happens. And I was living like that until the day I met Jesus. So this is summary of my 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 life like before meeting christ or before christ meeting me so this is in cote d'ivoire cote d'ivoire yes the culture was it like there's a lot of muslims in cote d'ivoire as well right or is it mostly christian it's uh it's balanced okay it's very balanced i mean there is a lot of muslim how about the area you grew up in was it a mixture or in the area i grew in there's i think there's more christian in that area okay. and so was it was there like a culture where most people were kind of Christian, but then when you're a kid, when you're a teenager, you kind of rebel? Or is there like a good amount of people who are like, remain non-religious their whole life? There is that, it's very balanced actually. There's some people, it, it good for people also, a good amount of people who don't believe in either God, or okay. like the God of Christians or the, the God of Muslim. And Muslim is, most of them are Muslim by family. It's like, because Muslim people generally they have, in my country, they have multiple wives, so they have a lot of kids. So they are Muslim by, by family, by construction. And Christians, there are a lot of churches, but there's not so much genuine Christians. Like, it's a way to escape like poverty or mm -hmm. struggles or witchcraft mm -hmm. because there's also a lot of witchcraft so people are trying to find places where they can be protected mm -hmm. so a church can be an option so uh, this kind of things so it's a it's a very it's a mix i had a lot of friends i remember when i was a kid were muslim mm -hmm. so it's mixed there's no like one who say okay this is the main mm -hmm. i can find everything so. okay okay yeah so so how about how did you find Jesus? What? How old were you, and what? What did that look like? So I was seventeen. Uh, it was uh, ten years ago. Now I'm twenty-seven. <laughs> On uh, February eleven, like around 12, 12 p.m. So I remember clearly because it it changed my whole life, my whole perspective about what life is. So that day again, I was I invented a story to get money for my mom to go and play video games with my friend. And uh, before that, a few weeks before that, a friend came to me with a testimony of someone who went to hell. And the person gave the testimony of what was happening there. And we all got so scared. 
we say okay now we are good people we don't we don't do any bad thing and, let's and so those friends are most of them like coming from christian households yes well. christian household yeah, as well okay. so we were like at school and he came one monday morning and it's like okay guys i have this testimony we have to we have to change life we have to become better people and we, we listened to that and all of that all of us got so scared we said, okay now let's change so we made up our mind we are going to change and for like a week we became like holy people we start like doing good things stop doing bad things <laughs> and the good things i during those week that week i downloaded more testimonies of people who encountered jesus in different ways and it was still on my phone but after that weekend the fear vanished we came back to normality like to normalize doing our own stuff and that day when i was going i was listening to my music my rap and it was like on random shift and it shifted to one of the testimonies and i wanted to to, to remove but like there was like a voice i mean at that time i knew it was a voice but now i know it's the holy ghost telling me no listen and I don't know why, but I listened to the testimony. It was kind of similar, but this time it was different. It was more emphasis on what Jesus did. And when I listened to that, I don't even remember how I got so sad, like conviction of sin, like crazy. I felt so bad about myself. I came back home. I gave back the money. I went to my room. I, I, I had a few notions of God. I went to church. And also in my school, also many people were coming to classes to evangelize. So I knew how to approach God in some way. So I was so convicted of sin and I, I made a prayer to God. If you are real, if you exist, because at that moment, I didn't know if it was a true thing. God was a, a reality. If you can change me now, because I don't like the way I am now. But if you can change me now, my whole life belongs to you. And when I, I made that prayer with all the strength, all the like, commitment, like it was like binary. If you change me now, it's complete change of my lifestyle. But if you don't, I will stay where I am. And God heard my prayer, obviously. And I was baptized in the Holy Spirit right there in my room. Completely changed into a new man. My heart was changed. My hatred against my parents, against, against anyone. Everything removed all the sadness i felt so much lighter i felt so much joy so much peace i felt loved by someone and i felt also love for other things not only for human i wanted to hug everyone i was seeing i even like I, I remember i was like observing like ants moving and it was for me it was like beautiful to just to see ants i could see the love of god even for things for animals for everything and I got radically changed. Stop lying, watching porn. I was, I, I forgot some, something also. I was like a hardcore video game player. Playing video games all the time. Like a manga, manga guy, like watching all kind of mangas. I have collections of things. All this, get rid of this. I say now it's Jesus only. I, <laughs> I get rid of everything. We are, I had a deal with him. He has changed me. I can't lie anymore. My heart was transformed like in an amazing way. And the week after that, I started preaching the gospel, like in my, in my, my high school. Every day at noon, when we, we have like a break, I just go with like a group I had, start preaching the gospel. And we saw many people being saved also through, through that. This is the way it started, just like that. What happened to your friends that you said they also heard the story about hell and they were afraid? Did any of them come to Christ at the same time? Uh, I mean, they continued... A little bit the way they, they were living mm -hmm. 
and after that uh, we when after we finished high school we went for we went in different places so i didn't have didn't have so much news from them recently we got back together and i think they are still in faith like serving god but uh, I don't know if they had like an encounter like me, mm-hmm. but I, they are still like in the things of God, serving God. Mm-hmm. So I believe like at some point they have encountered God in, in, in a way, but uh, yeah. yeah. What, so like the encounter you had with God, I know, I know for me and for a lot of people who are already Christians, um, there's like a desire to kind of have those times where the Holy Spirit reveals himself in a really tangible way and you see mm-hmm. transformation. What is it that makes that like happen, happen in your life or like it's just a big question but do you think that's kind of available to everyone do you think there's something unique mm. about your situation where you needed it uh now i can answer that question before yeah. i couldn't but now i can uh for me it's the is the hunger because some people went before meeting god they don't have a strong hunger for righteousness they are just living like that and they know there is a God. Okay, I'll give my life to Jesus and that's it. But some other people, while living in sin, they don't like it. And they really want to change. There is such a strong desire to be a good person. That first, that desire is so, is so great, but they don't have the power to do it. So I think before meeting Christ, there is that difference. Some are comfortable with what they are. They just find out, okay. I need to be good, a good person now, but it's not so strong. It's just like I need to make that step to become a believer. Yeah. I'm convinced that Jesus is real; He loves me. Let's just be Christian. But other people is beyond that. It's not just being Christians; it's being a good person, a, a loving person, a person that can actually walk like God, with the nature of God. But it's just a desire that they don't know how to achieve that. So. When now the Holy Spirit comes, that hunger gets satisfied so much mm-hmm. because now the power to do it is, has come. Yeah. So the, it's, it's the response to the reception of the Holy Spirit. So for me, it's not entirely up to God. I think God wants that for everyone in some way. But many of us didn't receive Jesus in a place of hunger mm-hmm. and deep conviction of sin. And that, for me, that's, that's the main difference. Mm-hmm. A true place of hunger for righteousness. He said, blessed are those who are hungry for righteousness. Who are hungry and who thirst for righteousness. Because they will receive it. So for me, that's the difference. And, and I also believe that it's possible to have it after. You don't need to have that encounter the day you, you met Jesus. But I've, I know also people who, in the beginning, it was like simple, shallow Christianity. And at some point also they start developing that hunger for more of God. And because of that, they cried to him and they repented genuinely. They have an encounter with the Holy Ghost. So there's that and there's genuine repentance. That's the second key. Hunger and genuine repentance. Again, there's very, something very important in my testimony. And I, I just realized it a few days ago. I was sharing with someone and the person asked me, were you really serious when you make that commitment? And I, I thought, yes, I was, I was actually. I was like, my life is done. It's, it's very binary. After that, I just live for Jesus. There was no doubt. It was so clear in my mind. It was not like I become a Christian, I go to church on Sunday. No. It was I become 
a servant of the Lord. And I think that also plays a role, like to have a very deep repentance, repentant heart for, for you to encounter God like that. Yeah, that's good. I, I think like, um, you know, for my own life, like what well, you talked about people who kind of, they, they become Christians and then kind of like an encounter comes later. Mm-hmm. I know for me when, um, also like I think about 10 years ago as well, um, I, like, I, I knew I wanted to give my life to Jesus and I genuinely repented, but like the, I didn't really have like the encounter with the Holy Spirit until mm. a couple months later, mm. where as you said, I think I started hearing people talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I just was so hungry for that and like God really met me. And I think that's something that's was specific to me, like just looking at what my life was like before meeting Jesus was that I think sometimes the reason the people who have the most powerful encounters when they come to Christ, if they were in bad sin, is because, like, the thing that's even driving them deep into sin is that they have this mm. hunger for something. For something, yes. For something. And so, like, if they're going to come to Jesus, it's almost like it has to be, it has to be more than what was being offered before. Mm-hmm. And I think not everyone has that, like, deep sense of, like, I need this, like... I need everything to be like... Uh, it's purpose. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, yeah, I think that's something I've noticed because I think... Um, but, I, yeah, I, I think just... I really echo your point about the, the hunger. There's just too many verses in the Bible that talks about God meeting people at their place of hunger. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's, it's just... It's the same thing with what you said, actually. Because that hunger is for something. Yeah. And it drives them to go into everything they find right. until they meet the right thing. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of the same too. Yeah. Um, so after you, you said you started preaching the gospel immediately. And mm-hmm. so I want to ask you just specifically, like, describe your journey specifically in ministry. And I mean, your relationship with God and ministry okay. leading up to, you know, coming to Penn State. So I do want to talk a little bit about your time at Penn State as well. But just describe that, that journey. Okay, that's a great, great one. So when I encountered Jesus, like full of fire, the first thing that came to my mind after that encounter is, wow, God is real. So many people don't know him. So I was like, okay, let's go and let's, because there were already like people in, the, in, in their like campus ministries, I'm not a campus ministry, high school ministries, people were going and preaching the gospel in classes. So I joined one of them more regularly and I and I started going with them out to preach. So in the, in the like the first thing the first two days I went I was just like observing, following people who were preaching. And at some point they, there was need for someone and I was the one guy available. So they said, okay, you guys go. And and I preached like a message full of fire like I think even like Almost all the class gave their love to Jesus. That was so amazing. I talked about hell, actually. I said, <laughs> <laughs> I think I need to come back to those messages. I talked, I talked about hell. I said, guys, you need to repent. Hell is real. God is real. And like, yeah, almost all the class gave their love to Jesus. And after that, night became small because I was so confident the way I was preaching that I said, ah, you guys, you can do it now. And it was now, it started like that. But there was no idea of ministry in my mind. I was just doing it because... I mean, Jesus is good for me. I need to share. 
and I never actually I didn't want to be to be in ministry. My perp, my goal in life was to prove that you can love God without becoming a preacher. That was my goal, my personal goal. I said, okay, I will go to school, get my master, get my PhD, work normally, and show that you can have, you can be deep with God without being a preacher. That was what I set as a goal. So I was seeking the Lord, and after because of the church I joined, I was I mean I was already in that church before, but I was not born again. But I was after I got born again, I went to the pastor like I want to get baptized, and they were like, okay, we we'll do it in a few weeks. I was like, no, I want to get baptized. And I, <laughs> every single Sunday for like a month, I was every day, every Sunday, guys, I want to get baptized. And they, they say, okay, now let's organize. Let's organize that. And we, we got, I got baptized. But the, the bad thing with that church, there was not so much teaching that will make you grow. And it, this is sadly something I've seen in many churches. If you are a new believer, you will have a hard time to know the basics about God. It will take many, many years because it's not, there's no special program for, the, for that. So I was just there. I didn't know what prayer was. I was just, I loved reading the Bible from the beginning. So I was reading Bible, 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 reading Romans, the Gospels. But I was not praying because I didn't know the importance of prayer, fasting, all those kind of things. No one told me. So after like eight, nine months, I lost my fire. I went to another school. When I lost my fire, it's like I was still in faith. I was obeying God. I was not living in sin. But going out to evangelize, worshiping, I stopped all everything stopped. I became like a bit lukewarm. Going to church, attending meetings. Sometime to time when they say, oh, let let the youth, let's come, let's go to evangelize. I can show up, sometimes I don't show up. But that fire in the beginning was not there. And I met a friend. And we started gathering together to, to have a fellowship. And one night we started praying and the guy was praying tongues with so much power. And I was like praying with my French. And I was like, why? What is, what is this guy? He's like, where is this coming from? He carries so much light and fire. I don't have that. And I came to him and I was like, I want to speak in tongues also. How, how can I have that? He said, okay, let's meet and pray every day. When we finish school, we are in the same class. When we finish school, we come back. We spend at least 10 to 15 minutes praying. Say, okay. And we start doing that. And after doing that, after two weeks, I receive the gift of tongues. And we continue doing, praying like that, praying like that, praying like that. But it was more, it was not more than that. Like it, it, it was enough to keep, to keep us into holiness. We're not living in sin. But we're we, we, we not kingdom agent, like going out, bringing king, people to the kingdom of God. We're not doing that. Just living a life where we maintain the status quo, like the holiness, the purity, like praying, reading the Bible together, but it was not much. So that was my first two years after high school, like undergrad. After that, I changed school because we have like a system in my country where you have two years when you get trainings and you, you have like a competition to choose a school where you go. And I got into another school. I, I, I was admitted to one competition, to one of the best schools of this, of the, of the country there's something i forgot to mention that is very important is after i got born again my intelligence was multiplied i became so much smart smarter like so much i couldn't understand like many things <laughs> so it yeah it was so crazy like my that? gpa grew okay. like crazy like 
all like all the math physics it was it became so easy before that I, I had some some kind I was that created me with some natural abilities so but because of sin at some point it was diluted and I was not doing so so great but after I encountered the Holy Spirit I became so good I was like I was not studying like as my my friends but when I study I felt like someone was leading me where to study. I can take a book like that and I don't know, that's not good, that's not good. And I find something and I study that, I go, this exam is just about that thing I study. And yeah, so that was a very important point. Up to the point where in my country, in high school, when you finish high school, there's a national exam. And I was second in the national exam. And almost all the topics they gave there, I knew them before by revelation. And I was telling people for this one, study this part of the, of the book, study this part. <laughs> and everything was accurate, everything. I saw some of them in dreams, some of them like, it was so crazy by revelation. And I, 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 I was just led by God and I got so, so good grade. So after that, I went to one of the best school of the, the country. I got even some scholarship to go outside to study, but the Lord told me to stay. And I, I followed that. So I went to one of the best clubs in the country. I spent two years there where I met my friend who was speaking in tongues and also he helped me, we prayed, I received the gift of tongues. We started praying together. After two years, we moved to another school. And uh, that school was a school of statistics and economics. And there also, we became now kingdom, kingdom agent. We were going out to preach the gospel every Tuesday. We did it for two years. Every Tuesday. We wake up in the morning at 5 a.m. We pray for one, one hour. And at 6 p.m. we go. We knock the doors. People open and say, okay, can we enter? We want to share the good news of God with you. And some of them didn't. Some of them accepted. And we go. We preach the gospel for like an hour, two hours. And we came back. We did it like consistently. But there was no much food. And at some point, we were like six people. One of the girls came and said, guys, we need to know the gift of the Spirit. Let's study that. Let's pray God to ask to give us gift of the Spirit. And we went, we studied. I asked God the gift of word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and prophecy. I, I asked those three gifts and we prayed. And after that, a few weeks later, I met now the person who became now my, who is now my mentor. And uh, he's like, I say mentor, but I call him father. He's my father in faith. And that was the connection that shifted me into now ministry because before that, I, I was not doing ministry I was just trying to be a good disciple of Jesus no interest doing ministry go do my school because I thought if God gave me the ability to understand like school things it means that he wants me to be there and I had no prophecy like everyone that was prophesying, prophesying about me never said I would become a preacher so it, it never crossed my mind that that would be it's only one guy, but that was after I was actually seeing some fruit in my life too. So I met him and by the grace of God, he started training me. His name is uh, Jacques Amisson. Jacques Amisson is uh, like actually leading the revival now in my country. There is like thousands of people, hundreds of people coming to the Lord there with signs, wonders, all kinds of miracles. And he's a, he's a guy leading that. But at that moment, he didn't start it. When, I, when we met, it was like in the beginning, and he started training me now in the things of the Spirit. 
everything I didn't understand about the gift, about the prophecy. I was seeing him doing that. And when I was seeing him healing the sick, casting out demons, that, before that, I didn't know anything about that. And he trained me, trained me, trained me, trained me. And uh, I was going like very fast because these things, I wanted to know them, but I, was, I had no one to train me. So this is an advice also I give to people. There are things about God you will never know unless you are introduced into it by someone who already know that. So, because many in our generation we neglect that the role of mentors of fathers, even Paul needed Barnabas. So, there are things about God you will never get to know unless someone introduces you to those things. You need to see someone doing it, and you need to listen to the teaching of that person, so that you can also be able to know how you can use the power of God within you. So, when I start working with him in the ministry. Now the gift just open, start seeing visions, healing the sick, casting out demons. It just open, and I start moving those things. But still, I didn't consider myself as a preacher. And I planned to come to Penn State. I said, okay, I already always wanted to do a PhD in economics. This like my dream since high school. I'm going to pursue that. And I applied to Penn State, and that was a miracle. I got accepted. <laughs> There's a whole story about that, but if I start speaking about that, we never end, we never finish. But there's so many God incidents in that. There's no coincidence, God incidents in that story, how I came to Penn State. So I got accepted and I was supposed to come to Penn State on August 29, 2020. And on August 7, we had like a night vigil. And the topic was, in earth as it is in heaven. And after the the, the, the the message, we were praying, 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 and I got like an experience with God where I don't know if I was in my body or I was outside of my body, I don't know. But what I know in that experience is that I saw Jesus. And he, before seeing Jesus, I saw an angel that showed me a book, a book of my life. And there was a picture there when I was seeing myself going, preaching. Like, I was seeing revival, people being healed, being delivered. I saw many different things about me. And after that, he led me now to Jesus. And Jesus asked me to ask him three things. And I asked those three things, and he, he laid his hand on my head, and he, he said, I gave it to you. And after that, I came out of that experience. And when I came out, like, for three, after that, for three hours, around three hours, I couldn't breathe normally. I was like suffocating for three hours. And it also gave me a verse in Isaiah. And when I came, the first thing I did is to open my Bible to check that verse. And I couldn't understand how it was related to what I saw until 7 p.m. of the day after. And it was just a summary of everything I saw in the book. And I was so amazed. I was like, God is crazy. Like in that passage, it just gave a summary of my life. And uh, it was clear for me now that God has called me to preach. Now, how? When? I don't know. Say, so, okay, I'm going to the U.S. I don't know. I was here. For me, if I have to do it, I should do it here in my country. But I'm traveling to do a PhD in the U.S. So maybe it will be like in 10, 40 years. I don't know. And I came to Penn State without knowing that. It actually showed me that for that purpose. And I already have like the qualification. I was already preaching, praying for people. I was doing like everything like ministry. But just considering myself as someone in ministry. 
but I was already doing almost everything, like leading even like a church, a home church. I was doing all that, but in my mind, I'm just a disciple of Jesus. I'm not a preacher. So, uh, and I came to Penn State in uh, August 29, August 30, actually, uh, 2020, in the middle of the pandemic. So, this is how I, I, I got here. So, this is your fourth year here? Yes. Okay. I'm doing my fourth year now of PhD. Okay. Um, before we talk more about the Penn State, um, like what God's done since you've been here. So, from the time you met Jesus till like the time God's calling you here, you know, we, we're hearing a lot about like the victories you've seen mm-hmm. and the things that you've seen God do in ministry. What are the biggest struggles and difficulties you've faced since you've like come to follow Jesus? Hmm. That's, that's a good one. So, uh, again, that experience I had with Jesus where I knew my calling was seven years after I met Jesus. In 2019, okay. I met him in 2013. So it was seven years. So before that, I was convinced that I'm not a preacher. And uh, the challenge is, so the first two years, as I told you, because I didn't know anything about prayer, about anything, I lost the fire I, ha- I had in the beginning. I became lukewarm. And uh, for me, the first challenge is to have access to accurate understanding. The true knowledge of God, accurate understanding of who God is, and how to develop a relationship with Him. This I didn't know. And I've, I meet in my experience so many people, they don't even know why they need to pray. So they don't do it. They only pray when they go to church. They don't study the Word because they don't know why they need to do that. No one told them, this is how you develop your relationship with Christ and, and explaining how. So I didn't have that. So that was my first challenge up to the point where God helped me with some people and I start searching him, seeking after him, seeking after me. Actually, I had a revival because after two years of lukewarmness, for one month, I fell into sin. For a month, I was watching porn again. But it was not the same as before. I was not enjoying it as before. And in the midst of that, I heard a message about the first of God. And that revived me. It, the chain was broken and it revived me. And after that moment now, I was waking up every day, 5 a.m., praying, reading the word for like eight months in a row. And any, any, I was, because I had so many movies in my computer, I deleted all of them. I download, downloaded a lot of sermons, preachings. I had like so many of them. I don't know, maybe more than like 500. And I was watch, watching them, listening to them again and again and again. Every single day. I was doing that all the time. Stop watching movies. Stop going. My life was just in, in pause. <laughs> and after eight months, I grew so much. I knew so many things about God. And it never stopped until today. It just became a culture. It just became a culture. Just doing the same thing again and again now. Is, is, is part of my life. I cannot do something else. Mm-hmm. So, but there was that period where I was lukewarm because I didn't have accurate understanding. So I was not seeking God. I was not pursuing Him because no one told me to do that. Like Christian, go to church, hope to go, hope to go to heaven when you die. That's what I, I, I heard. So until that moment when I said, no, you need to pursue Him. You need to know Him. 
and God revived me after that. And again, that was the first challenge. The second challenge was how to preach the gospel. And I told you for two years, I was going every Tuesday to go to preach, but I didn't see any fruit. I mean, I didn't see, maybe there was later, but I didn't see myself. When I was preaching people, they never responded. Like, I want to believe in Jesus. It was always about, yeah, yeah, what you say makes sense, but I have to think about it. And I was so frustrated, so frustrated of not having results. So that was the second frustration. I didn't know the power of God, how the power of God works when you're preaching the gospel. So the second challenge is understanding of the power of the Holy Spirit. And now I got to know it when I met my mentor, my father. When I met him, I got to know that and I became more effective in a way I, I give the gospel and more, I, I was seeing more people coming to the Lord. That was my second challenge. My third challenge was to follow God, to obey the Spirit, because I didn't know where He was leading me. And uh, I don't want to give like a recipe for people to, to do, but this is what worked for me. This is what the Holy Spirit told me personally. You don't need to do that. But for again, around two or three years, I was fasting every week, at least two, two days. And if I don't fast for like one week or two weeks, I, I fall sick. And when I fast, I'm healed. So it was like, a, I was obliged. I was compelled to do it. <laughs> Even if I don't know how to do it, I will fall sick. So for like, I needed to do that. And I understood later because during that time, this is the time where I grew a lot in the world, understanding the word of God, understanding the power of God. All this was during that period. And I'm saying this is not a recipe. I think that was designed for me because I, because of the type of calling I have. And uh, uh, that was, after that, after there was more long time of fasting, but this is, that was easier. So the challenge was following God in the way he wanted me to do the things. Sometimes also God was pushing me to pray more, to spend more time with him, but I didn't want to do it because I was comparing myself to other people. I mean, I'm already doing better than other one. Why other people? Why you want me to do more? And uh, because of that, it also delayed some experiences I, I was supposed to have with God, because I didn't want to obey right away. I was like, struggling with Him. I could feel like you need to pray more. You need to spend more time with God. But I was like, why do I need to do that? There was no purpose behind because again, I didn't want to be a preacher. Like I need, to, I was not thinking like I need to do it because there's a specific calling. So I was a bit lazy in that, in that area and uh, that was a challenge too. And uh, yes, I think this is what I can say about that. Okay, yeah. Um, so Penn State, you, you got here. What, um, what have you seen God do in the last couple of years? What's your journey been? So Penn State, yes, Penn State is a nice, nice place to be. <laughs> So when I came to Penn State, it was like 2020 pandemic. There was no church services were online. Most of the gatherings were online. So I trying to find, I wanted to discover how people worship here, how people approach God. So my plan was not like to go and to set up into each one church for my whole life. No, I wanted to move to see how things go because I was still attached to my ministry back home. And there we had like online meetings where I was preaching. So I was like, this is my base. I'm going to focus on that here. Let's try to discover what's happening around. So I was trying to meet, visit. I met, I met actually different people, nice, very nice 
Christians, different groups, different beliefs. And uh, one thing also God told me or taught me before coming is to not reject people based on what you know. So I can come to a church and they are doing things that I think is not right, but I will never say. I will just like appreciate what you guys are doing good. Unless you show me clearly that you are not from God. So I didn't put that barrier. So it was easy for me to to be around people, even people who don't believe in, in the gift of tongues, why I was praying tongues all, all the time. <laughs> I was still around them, but I was fine. So I had like meeting different groups like that and I was living like that. And at some point where there was more freedom to go out and do things, I realized that so many young people here go out drinks. I remember one night I saw a line, it was cold. And I saw a line be, like outside a bar. People were waiting just to go to drink. I was so sad. I was like, how can you wait like in the cold like that just to go to drink? So I was like, okay, let's go out to preach. So I just decided by myself. Every Saturday I go out and I preach. I started doing that. Started doing that, meeting people. It was not also bearing so much fruit. Trying to speak to people. I was so frustrated. I go back. Went back to God again, fasted, prayed, God, show me a good way of doing that. And after the first time of fasting, I met Ellen from Burning Heart and I prayed for her because I also wanted to preach, but also pray for the sick. So I was trying to find people with like health, seemingly health issues, go and pray for them. And after I shared the gospel, that was my strategy. And I met Helen, I didn't know she was already a believer. And I went to her and I said, okay, can I pray for your knee because she has a knee issue? And I prayed and she felt better. And she told me, yeah, I invite you in like, we have a group, Bible group. We believe in miracles, we believe in all this. It's a very nice group, come. And I was like, yeah, I want, I want to know people. I don't know so many people here. And I came there and there I met Ian James that you know. And we started hanging out together, sharing the word of God, doing things together. And at some point, we have like a, a Bible study on Saturday afternoon and we invited unbelievers to come. And the first time we did it, three people got saved. I was like, I've been preaching for a year outside, nothing happened. Now we are doing the Bible study, three people. The next week that came after, three people got baptized. I was like, nah, that is weird. And that day again, we went out. Someone who had like drug addiction, couldn't quit. We prayed for the guy and instantly he threw, he threw all his alcohol. He couldn't drink alcohol anymore. So that was encouraging us. Okay, let's continue. Let's not stop this. I think this is the way. And we continue having those Saturday meetings for like a year. And I, I don't remember like a Saturday where there was no something supernatural happening. We were baptizing people on a regular basis, prophecy, prophesying on people like, there were so many things that happened until December 2022 and that where now there was a shift. God led me again to a like a 40 day fasting and prayer. I was like locked in my house without going out every day, being with God, praying, 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 praying. And now I got to know that God wants to bring revival in Penn State. Before that, I was just doing my thing like discipling people preaching the gospel but there was no like aim of revival i got to know through again a supernatural experience that there's a revival god wants to bring 
and I even know what was preventing that to happen. Like there was a spirit, a stronghold of sexual immorality that was influencing so many people and that stronghold needs to be removed. So again, I was praying against that, praying, praying against that. And I also got to know that I needed to start preaching more, like more outreach mindset, not just teaching. And uh, when we came back, I told the guys with whom we were doing the Saturday meetings, you're going to change the way we do that. Like, now let's focus on preaching the gospel. We can meet later to have discussion about the Bible. And this is how we started the Saturday meetings. More people start coming, more people start coming and more healing, more deliverances, more prophecies, more baptisms, and we just started like that. And uh, at some point, I mean, there was no preparation. It's like just preaching. So the people that were coming to the Lord being saved, some of them, they disappeared after we didn't know where they were because there was no church, there was no organization behind that. It was just a bunch of people doing what they think God has called them to do. So uh, we did that for a while, but there was some fruit in it. I cannot deny that. I can, I've seen so many lives being changed, but I was not satisfied because I was expecting more. And uh, from May 2023 to October 2023, I was seeking God for direction, how we should organize what we are doing to bear more fruit. And I received more clarity. And now we are implementing that. So we are even like doing the 10-day fasting now to pray against that spirit of sexual immorality and to destroy its influence, its influence over people. And uh, going out to, out to preach, this Friday we are going out to preach, but not only to preach, like demonstrate God. That is one of the, the aim because so many people preach, but few people show God. So that is the, one of the aim. So we are fasting and praying for that. And uh, we also we resume the Saturday meetings in November. And uh, yeah, so there are many things that are, we are planning now. We don't know what, we, what is going to happen. But we keep praying until we see. Because I know people have been praying for revival, for God to bring a change into the community. What, now, what we do now is a specific orientation towards the strongholds that are fighting against us. And uh, God gave me so many understanding about spiritual warfare, how to do it, how to pray, the places you need to go. So we're just trying to put that to work and see in a few weeks what will come out of that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, just one, one last question for this, for this episode. I think mm -hmm. we should do another one talking about just some of the differences you've seen in how Christianity is practiced, uh -huh. um, like here in America versus in Ivory Coast. But... Last question on this one I wanted to ask you is what are two or three of the stories of like people's lives you've seen change since you're at Penn State? Like what are two or three of like the individual transformations you've seen that have really um, like stuck with you and impacted you? Hmm. Good question. So I have like uh, Yaming. Yaming is yeah, a she was she was on another episode. <laughs> that was the first ah, one. Okay. The first <laughs> so one. you don't have to we could maybe not do, not do that okay. one. She told her story. Yeah, that, that, for me, that was a bit special because for two years I was preaching the gospel to her, but she didn't respond. Mm -hmm. And she claimed, claimed to be atheist. Mm -hmm. And uh, the way she was transformed by the Holy Ghost, that, that touched me a lot. That amazed me. But okay, she, since she always was already here, there was a, 
a, a young guy. He was like a high school guy, Aaron, mm-hmm. and uh, Zach. Zach is one of the guy we work. He's working with us in what we are doing. Uh, Zach was among the f- the three people we baptized the second meeting. Oh, okay. Yes, I have even have the video of his baptism okay. in my phone. So uh, Zach preached to him and prayed for him. He got baptized in the Holy Ghost, and he had suicidal thought. He wanted to kill himself. One, like a year ago, and he was radically changed, tra- changed, transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. He got baptized in water. His mom also was like involved in a kind of witchcraft. At one day, he invited her to a Saturday meeting. She got delivered by the Holy Spirit. She got healed from many diseases in her body. And uh, she started loving Jesus too. So that is the first story. Another story also that I have in mind. Uh, I mean, which one can I, can, I, can I take? I want to take people who are still close because there are some people who are not, we are not close anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, there was also Caden. The story of Caden is like, uh, we, the day we met, we were talking about the gift of tongues and he didn't believe, he was not a believer yet. He said, ah, that is not true. And we challenged him that God still speaks. So I told him to speak in tongues and I, get the, I gave the interpretation. And the interpretation was actually describing his whole life, the thing he was struggling with since he was a child. So he was, he was touched by that and a few weeks after that, he got baptized in water but still didn't have that encounter with God. And at some point, Zach invited him to our Saturday meetings and he started coming, started hanging out with us. And uh, I guess at some point, the Holy Spirit touched him when he went like uh, in uh, spring break, he had an encounter with the Holy Spirit and he became so much on fire for God, starting preaching the gospel, starting searching the Lord. So I think that those kind of things encourage us in a way that, okay, we are not doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, at least even, even if it's one person, it's worth it. So, and uh, yeah, there, are, there have been other people also who got saved, but since you asked me for two, yeah, yeah, let's stop here. Yeah, I mean, the thing, that, the thing that sticks with me the most is for the individuals that I've seen hang around like the closest, the depth of the transformation in such a short amount of time, mm-hmm. that's the part that's like impacted me the most. Because some of the some people you just mentioned on here, like I'll look at their lives and I'll see like how on fire they are, and then you find out that this just started like a few months ago, like a year ago, and there's like a whole community like that. And so I mean that for me, um, that's deeply encouraging. I mean maybe just to end, I, I might share a little bit. I've, I've shared with you a little bit about like how how the meetings have impacted me mm-hmm. um, personally. Um, I so I. I moved back to Penn State in January, started working, um, was a student at Penn State for a while. And before I had basically moved away from State College, you know, I I had been praying for revival since I was an undergrad, as many Mm. people have been praying for much longer than me. But Mm. at least in my own story, I knew that that was like the biggest thing. Like if you ask me what I, what's the one prayer I want to see answered in my life is I want to see revival at Penn State. Mm. And I was convinced that I wasn't going to leave State College until I saw it. And and so some, you know, some things happened with trying to figure out work where I had to move away mm. and I had no idea where I'd end up working. And then, you know, just at the, the month before I, I came back in January after searching for jobs for like six months, I got a job at Penn State, which I could have ended up anywhere. <laughs> and so as I was coming back, 
I felt like that was affirmation of it. Like, okay, prayers are going to get, get answered. Revival is going to come. Mm-hmm. But I had no idea what it was going to look like. I didn't even know where I was going to go to church on Sundays or anything. And so I'm, I'm back. I'm connecting with, you know, students I've had relationships before in the, in the past. And then um, uh, a friend in, in a virtual Bible study I was doing, she started talking about your meetings. And I, I think I had known who you are because of a mutual friend we had, but... I like when she was describing like miracles were happening. I'm like, wait, what? At Penn State, <laughs> like you know. And so I asked, can I come? Which friend? Uh, it was Katie. Ah, Katie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I asked if I could come, and then I went, and you know, it was, we were doing it at um, Patty's at, house. Yeah, Patty's house, and the room was packed, and everyone was so excited to be there. And you preached, you know, and you you preached very directly for a really long time, and I appreciated the the truth that was in it. And then you pray for people at the end and you ask how many people got touched by the Lord and all these people raise their hand. And I'm not going to lie. Like I believe in miracles, but I was skeptical because I'm like, there's no way all these people like felt something or were healed. Like I didn't, I didn't know what to do with it, you know? And then I started talking to people after about what God did in that moment. And I was astonished about the impact people were having. And then that day, I think like out in the freezing cold in the winter, there's like four people baptized. Yeah, in the six ba- actually. Six, yeah. So six people baptized, um, and so that for me was just such a clear like, okay, God is doing something, and and I believe, um, you know, obviously we're, you know, you're believing, we're believing for many, many more people to be impacted. Yes, you know, yes. there's a massive campus here that needs Jesus. But the thing that I've always been encouraged by, you know, since since this time that I met you was just. It has the DNA of revival in terms of the culture being built among students to just kind of be radically on fire for God. And like, you just need to start with a core group of people that are getting, you know, getting that DNA. And, you know, the, in terms of it spreading to more people, mm. that's the easy part. I think the hard part is getting that core DNA of like, we're radically going to go after holiness, we're going to go after Jesus. So. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm really encouraged by that and I just pray that it continues to, to multiply. Amen, amen. Yeah. Thanks, Jesus. Yeah. But that, that's it for the episode. Um, I hope you all enjoyed it and are able to tune in next time.